And let's start this podcast in three, two, one. What the hell is that? What would you say you do here? It's Stone's Weekly Dose. Very hard to say my name correctly. You're like Brian. Yeah, Brian. What's your deal, man? Well, you know what us ultra liberals say when it comes to drugs, lies are okay. Your midweek download destination. Finally, it's cool to be a Chattanooga. Finally, it's cool to embrace this city. When some of us have been saying this for 25 years, mic drop, turn off the podcast. It's Stone's Weekly Dose. Note to self, don't die. Welcome in to the midweek download destination. Better late than never. Had a few things going on that I needed to get out of the way before I recorded this week's show. So we'll call this officially the weekly dose for May 11th. Normally it's every single Wednesday. I will do my darndest to make sure that that stays that way into the future. Nothing overly crazy interesting that I needed to get out of the way, but a few things I wanted to get some confirmation on before I went live with the show. Plus, I was damn tired. Sorry, bro. And I needed to look over the physical copy of the new CityScope magazine. I had to read it front to back. The City Dope magazine. And in my world, ladies and gentlemen, dope means one of two things. Either pot that I'm smoking or referring to somebody or something as a, as a damn fool. What a dope. Now, I, I know in, in certain vernaculars and certain lexicons, dope is like, bro, that was so dope, man. No, not to me. City Dope Magazine is just that, a bunch of fools. And we'll leave that alone for right now. Coming up at the tail end of the show, the final segment, which will be an extended segment, I'm going to kind of put together two two or three different thoughts that all kind of round in together about new media, new distribution of new media that I kind of touched on last week, and, and fake news, and what the difference is between misinformation and disinformation inaccurate information, and just plain fake information. And they're all completely different things. And this concept, this narrative, this, this rhetoric that all of a sudden, because the, the president of the United States, speaking of dopes, mentioned this constantly in, uh, in his speaking points of fake news, fake news, fake news, say it enough and eventually everybody will buy in. It's not, it's, 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 that's, it's not as simple as that. Plus, fake news false news, bad information, inaccurate information has been around for hundreds of years. And it's the internet that's exploded into these other subcategories. And for some reason, the internet has become one of the more emotional places that people spend their lives because that's where everybody is spending their damn lives. Real life is now online. It's a damn sad state of affairs, but it's true. Real life is the internet world and social media. And I'll touch on some of that here at the, towards the end of the show, about uh, 20 minutes from now. Two of the things I wanted to figure out before I got into the, this week's show are these two. I'm hopefully in the next two weeks going to have two interviews with two incredible bands. One of them I talk about all the time, the Dead Deads. And I have, uh, I've already got, I got the thumbs up on this today, the Tennessee Brew Works block party up in Nashville on May 20th. I'm going to set up and do a live show 
in Nashville, and the Dead Deads are playing, and I've already talked to Letitia, and we're going to do an interview there. And so I look forward to that. But coming up on the 14th, so just a few days after that this podcast is, is released and available for download, on the 13th, excuse me, on the 13th, is Wax Fang at JJ's Bohemia. And today, Wednesday the 10th, when this is being recorded for the 11th on a Thursday of May, I talked to John from JJ's, Just John's as it stands for these days, at JJ's Bohemia. And he is going to help me try to track down Wax Fang and have an interview with them on Saturday night before the show. Not a huge band, but they have a pretty strong little cult following. They come from the uh, musical tree of My Morning Jacket from Louisville, Kentucky. And so that'll be a combined show if I can get those two together. I already have the Dead Deads confirmed, and I, I Wax Fang is all but a certainty now. And it, it might not happen, but it looks like it probably will. So I'm looking forward to that. Coming up in today's Stone's Throw segment, I have three life guidelines. Two that are specific to Chattanooga alone. One that's more of an overall guideline. And also intertwined with that, my review of the Brian Wilson Pet Sounds showed from the Tivoli Theater the other night. I'm going to kind of combine those two together. Three life guidelines and the review of the Brian Wilson Pet Sounds show. Another thing I was trying to get a little bit ironed out before I did this week's podcast is there is a new site. And it's going to take... There is a new concept idea that a friend of mine I used to work with in the radio industry is putting together. The uh, The domain officially is yourtalkradio.net, I believe. It also is redirected from chattanoogatalks.com, which I have told him that I believe that chattanoogatalks.com is an excellent uh, name for this idea and we should use it going forward. But I'm going to uh, allow the, the podcast to be aired on this network every week starting in June. And what it is effectively is a talk radio station online. It's just like a radio station, just like you're normally used to hearing with news at the top of the hour. Traffic, I doubt, will be part of it. I'm not certain, but it, it will be... I mean, it's his, it's his project. It's his baby. It's his, uh, it's his concept. And I'm just trying to help lend a local voice to it. It has 24-hour programming, most all of it at this point is nationally canned, um, syndicated content. Most of it seemingly from somewhat of a right wing, um, maybe not extreme, but certainly a hard leaning right uh, angle, and that that's fine. You know, I'm not I'm not concerned about that at all. I mean, I I, I value all kinds of online content, regardless of what it is. So. Every Wednesday, there will be the podcast available for download starting in June, but there will also be the podcast available to stream on ChattanoogaTalks.com, and there will be a third and final radio station, internet radio station-only segment. So the podcast will have its normal layout, and then the show on ChattanoogaTalks.com will have an additional segment to fill out an entire hour with spot breaks with commercial breaks and all that too with the idea of trying to turn this into a business model will it work i have no idea not any idea whatsoever but i am absolutely on board with giving it a try it's not going to cost me anything except for a little bit extra a few minutes of my time and i'm fine with that i've got time to kill and time to devote to other projects to try to to continue what is new media which i'm going to be talking about more in depth at the tail end of the show. 
Also coming up here in a minute, I'm going to tell you about uh, when I was at the run of the Chihuahuas over the uh, over the, this past weekend. God, what a fun what a fun um, show and f- a fun Saturday all the way around. If you listen to that podcast episode 31 live at the running of the Chihuahuas, I apologize that a lot of that was inside joke stuff. You might not have understood a lot of it with Brad and uh, intern Alex and Brad Girl and Daily, all from over at Hits 96, all great friends of mine. We. We make fun of each other. We have fun. We cut up. That's all that was. Um, but I spoke about the time that I went to Mexico. And of course, it was a Cinco de Mayo event over the weekend. And the time I went to Mexico when I was 18 years old and why I will never drink certain things ever again. I'll tell you that very quick story here in just a couple of minutes before Stone's Throw. Uh, Bonnaroo. Bonnaroo. Still waiting to hear from them. I've been told uh, via email months ago that by May 12th, my application for a media credential will either be denied or approved, and I'll know by May 12th. Well, that's tomorrow, and I haven't heard anything yet, and I am still on the outside looking in one month away from Bonnaroo. I don't know what to think about the delayed response. They might have ignored me 100%. I don't know. But for 15 years, I've been on that farm in Manchester, Tennessee. For 13 years, I have been media credentialed. And for at least a solid 10, I've been regularly working and producing content while on the farm, while at the media compound. If that's not worth something, I don't know what is. The problem is, is that the... The media department, the credential department, for lack of a better, more official way to put it, has been taken over by a new company. So now I'm just a number. I used to be a name. I used to be a friend. And uh, that is not a thing anymore. And so I might be denied that. I feel like my festival karma is as high as anybody's possibly could be, looking back on 20 years of going to festivals. And I hope that I'll work my way in. And I don't mean as a general attendee. I, I, I want a little preferred access. That's what I've had for uh, uh, since 2005, and, and it's kind of a spoiled deal. I'm not looking to be on stage. I'm not looking for artist you know, access. I'm just looking for what I'm used to, which is in the neighborhood of a guest or media pass. So if you're out there and we've been a, a show before and you have anybody that can help you out in any way, if you can remember me and keep me in your thoughts, I'd appreciate it because if I don't make it to Bonnaroo this year in a in a semi-working capacity, I'm a I'm gonna need to be on suicide watch. I can't miss Bonnaroo, man. That's my thing. Uh, another meeting I had on um, on Wednesday the 10th was with Jackie Helbert. Wait a second, who's that? I remember her. What's her name? Oh, who is she from? Oh yeah, WTC uh, Panhandle Radio. WTC. I think they're finally done begging for your money this go around, but they'll do it again soon. Don't give them your money. I met her because she's still doing freelance, independent audio and story production. And I, I not every week, but I would like to get to a point where we do it maybe once a month where Jackie will put together a uh, little news vignette, some kind of story, NPR-style piece that I can run on this podcast and also on the ChattanoogaTalks.com website. That's, that's another thing we're going to work towards just trying to get as much content and as much local stuff as we can. And I know some people might look at her and think she's silly and think she looks weird and thinks, you know, she's, you know, she, she, she screwed up and now she's just paying the price. A lot of people said the same thing about me when I got fired from that stupid ass radio station I used to work for. But she's a very intelligent, very sharp girl. 
I enjoyed talking for about an hour over coffee over at the Frothy Monkey. First time I've been there today, or excuse me, uh, yesterday. Thought that was uh, a nice little coffee joint. And so hopefully there'll be more of that coming up soon because she deserves an outlet to continue working. She's an aspiring storyteller, basically. Less than a news reporter and more of a storyteller is what she's trying to do. And it's her passion, too. And I get it. And I respect it. And I hope to be involved with more things with her into the future. Before we get to Stone's Throw, so is that running the Chihuahuas? First Tennessee Pavilion. Great event. Huge event. Super crazy awesome Chattanooga success story. We've got a lot of those, right? And so uh, Brad Steiner, who runs the his he he was the uh, the man behind the idea initially, and and now there's several people who help make it happen. But he's still it's it's his it's his event. And so I was going to do the podcast down there. So he gave me a staff badge so I can go quote unquote backstage or wherever. And so I go backstage, get a little bit of food, and then they got a a cooler full of Corona. And I was like, no thanks, man. What are you? He's like, dude, all you, all you can drink Corona. What are you talking about? Well, I got some Miller Lite in the car. I'm going to go get that instead. What? Well, here's the deal. In 1998, I went to Cancun, Mexico after high school got out. And just like lots of people do, lots of kids do. And most back then, all of us did. And I didn't appreciate the Mexican culture or the Mexican sights and sounds or even though it was a tourist area so it's not like you were getting real culture anyway I didn't care about any of that I went to drink beer and that was it I'm not sure that I even made it to the beach once I cannot even remember and all I did most of the week was go to an outback steakhouse I know that sounds pretty lame right well at the time I thought it was awesome and I went there almost every single night and I got to know the bartender and almost turned into my own little cheers. You know, 1998, I'm 18 years old, going on 19, and I'm going to my bar for the week. And it's like, Brian, hey, buddy, come on in. Yeah, great to see you again. I thought it was incredible. Now, you know, looking back on it, it's as foolish as foolish gets. But, hey, you're only an 18-year-old dumbass kid once. And so I drink all week long. It's like all I do. And then on the way back, we're about to leave, and I have another beer on the way to the airport. And I'm just, I'm sick as a dog. But I'm just like, oh, I'm not going to be able to drink again for like, you know, legally for three years. I'm having another beer. I was so sick. And I got on the plane, and I can't believe I didn't vomit. And I got back to Atlanta, and where we flew out of. And then we drove to Chattanooga, and I was so sick. I mean, just dog sick. Gross sick. And just trying, and we had a car full of people, pretty girls. We're all cool, cool, quote unquote, kids. I can't be, you know, I can't be sick. I'm the cool guy who drinks. And I make it all the way back to Chattanooga. And I'm just like, oh my God, I'm going to throw up any second. This is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. And then we drop off the girls. And then me and my buddy, a long time, still one of my best friends, see him every now and again, still has to pull over to the side of the road. I couldn't make it any longer. I made it like five hours, got on the side of the road and just threw up for like, I don't know how long, a long time. It was one of the worst things ever. Uh, but I was able to make it past all the stuff that I thought was going to be humiliating, like on the plane or at the airport or in the car or, you know, and all this travel. And it made me so disgustingly sick. I have not had a Corona or much Mexican style alcohol ever since. 
And that is the story of going to Mexico. I mentioned on the podcast over the weekend that I would tell that story. And there it is. I don't drink Corona, Corona Light, Modelo. I maybe will have a Dos Equis Amber every now and again. I will have a margarita. But outside of that, if it's from Mexico, I'm out. I have three life guidelines. Mixed in with my review from the Brian Wilson Pet Sounds show at the Tivoli the other night in Stone's Throw. Heads up. It's Stone's Throw. Wait, what? Oh, whoa. Back up the truck. What are you talking about? Is technology making us mentally ill? Look at me. I'm stupid. I can't do math. This is not making sense to the young adult anymore, and they're tired of it. Does that satisfy you? Are you satisfied now? All right, I'm going to make this quick. There are three guidelines in my life. Two are specific to the city of Chattanooga. One is more general. And Okay, so no, I have more than three guidelines in life. But there are three that I stick to pretty regularly. And in the city of Chattanooga, two that are specific to here are I do not pay to park and I do not wait for a seat at a table at a, at a local restaurant. Doesn't matter what the day, what the restaurant, what the pl- plan is. I do not pay to park and I do not wait in wait to be seated at a table. If it's place is full, I go somewhere else. I generally know when you can and can't go somewhere and can and can't get a seat. I stay away from that just because I don't feel like I go out of town. It's different. And there's just too many places to park for free in Chattanooga to be wasting all my money away paying to park. So those are two specific to Chattanooga. The third guideline is more broad and more general, of course, across the entire region, the entire country, the entire world. I do not generally sit when I do anything. Now, I have to sit while I'm at work most of the time. I've even thought about looking into like a stand-up desk. I cannot stand to sit. I just, I hate sitting down. I want to be standing. I pace. I'm a pacer, man. Walk back and forth. I talk to myself. I'm a pacer. And I do not like to sit down unless I'm relaxing and calling it the end of the day kind of deal. And so when I go to the Brian Wilson show at the Tivoli the other night, I know that the chances are I'm probably going to have to sit. But I, you know, at the Tivoli, now that it's gotten a little more relaxed, they usually have it set up where you can kind of be in the commons area and you can look through the kind of the openings and you can see the show well and hear it well. And I thought this would be fine. Well, there'd be no problem. We'll stand. So... That didn't work out because of the overly aggressive, incredibly old, the oldest ushers in the history of, of, of modern theaters are just so pushy, pushing in your seat. Can I help you? Can I help you? Can I help you? Can I help you? And I'm not trying to be a hater on the Tivoli because I'm not. I enjoy the. I think it's a, a, a fine theater and a fine place to see a show. But so they kind of push you to your seats. And I thought, okay, fine. I'll break the guideline and I'll sit. And so me and my buddy go, and this is one of those shows where the tickets go on sale, the final performances of Pet Sounds, and you're thinking, eh, well, why the hell not, right? I mean, you'll never see it again. When it gets here, it's kind of like, ugh, do I really have to go to this? I mean, I've seen Brian Wilson. I've seen uh, with the Beach Boys at Bonnaroo. Do I really? Well, yeah, of course. I already got the tickets. Might as well go. So we get in there, and we get about halfway through the show, and we're talk we're talking i mean this isn't a this isn't some kind of storytellers shush and be quiet kind of thing i mean when they're playing in my room or surfer girl or something yeah you keep it down a little bit but this is still technically rock and roll and somebody to our left looks over and shushes us cuz we're talking <laughs> 
And I've had enough of this. I've had enough. Stop telling me to sit down and stop shushing me. All right? I have had enough of this. I'm a 37-year-old male. I have never in my life once wanted to, well, for real wanted to punch somebody. I've never been in a fight. I've never pushed anybody or, or, or hit anybody. I think that's a barbaric, ridiculous concept that somehow is still relevant in, in not just American culture, in world culture. I think it's disgusting and stupid. But I'm telling you, one of these days... All this 37 years of bottled up frustration is going to blow up on somebody and I'm going to punch you in the face if you continue to shush me and tell me to sit down. This time I gave in to the sit down thing and I sat and that broke the guideline to begin with. Don't tell me to be quiet unless I'm for some reason belligerently drunk and being a total asshole, which I generally never am. Stop shushing me. One of these days, you might get your jaw jacked if you continue to do that. I've had it. Stop. So I guess I'm just going to have to stop going to any show where this could even be possible, which isn't fair to me because I'm a concert-going veteran who does this as often as anything else I do, and your ass just shows up every now and again when Brian Wilson's 74-year-old barely can get around up and down off the, uh, the, the piano chair, and you show up and shush me? Stop. Quit it. I've had enough. Am I have I been unclear? Enough. Quit. And so at the time, I just kind of, you know, to my buddy, I was like, all right, whatever. And it just so happened to be during this song, Sloop John B, one of my favorite songs, as it was as it was segueing into this. And I did I kind of said, man, this is my favorite song. Let's just get through this one and then we'll just move and we'll just go somewhere else. And oh God, God, I can't take it anymore. You're going to get your jaw jacked one of these days, bro. <laughs> I'm tired of it. And if the, the, the lyrics of this is the worst trip I've ever been on. Can I go home? Please let me go home. It's exactly what I was feeling at that time. And everybody I read on, on uh, locally praising is this like most amazing show. It was fun. It was fine. It was good. There was 11 people on stage. Mainly it was Al Jardine's son doing the high and real Beach Boy sounding vocals. It was 11 people doing the sound that it would take normally four people to do, maybe five at the most. And, you know, so it was fabricated. It wasn't completely authentic, but it was Brian Wilson. He's a legend. I love the man. I love the Beach Boys. I love them. I'm a big fan. But it really wasn't all that incredible. And, yeah, you'll never see it again. Good, because I don't ever want to see it again. (laughs) I got what I needed, and we went downstairs, and we hung out in the commons after they run off the old... Uh, ushers ran them out of town and then we were able to hang out in the commons and watch it from the windows and stand and talk and drink and enjoy it like you're supposed to do a rock and roll show oh jeez alright and I'll leave that one at, the, at that I hope I wasn't unclear in all of that this is the most listened to the most downloaded the most easily accessible podcast in the city of Chattanooga this is the weekly dose one day late this week for May 11th 2017 my name is Brian Stone and coming up next new media new distribution of new media and how that's also led to the abundance of fake news and no fake news isn't new remember the National Enquirer you've heard of that right started in 1926 more on that Coming up next on the Stone On Air podcast. Hang tight. Why don't they let me go home? This is the world.
Welcome back to the show. This is Wax Fang. We'll be at JJ's Bohemia on the 13th of May. Hopefully, I'll be there interviewing them prior to that show. I'm not sure that I like them yet. I think that I do, but I'm not sure yet. I mean, I can tell you, oh, they're so good. I can't wait to interview them. It's going to be so much fun. I'm, I don't know. I don't know if I like them yet. But I do know that they have some music and an official score made for the TV cartoon show American Dad on Fox TV. I think it's still on Fox. Whatever network it's on. So that's pretty... Pretty darn cool, and that grabbed my attention. This is the most downloaded song they have, or at least through Spotify. Not quite as many downloads as this podcast has, but close. So keep an eye on social media, at Stone On Air on all social medias, and I'll uh, be updating as to whether that interview will happen. And then the uh, the interview on the 20th at the Tennessee Brew Works block party with the Dead Deads is already a go. That's been given a thumbs up. But I kind of started talking about it last week a little bit, and I guess it would have been the third, on May 3rd's edition of the Weekly Dose, your midweek download destination. And I started talking about ESPN and it was less about ESPN and more about new media and it's interesting the timing of my dismissal my termination unceremoniously from that asshole radio station talk radio 102.3 while I do not miss for one second working for them on a daily basis because I know you're just bitter guy is going to be like well of course you say that now shut up I was having lots of concerns and issues and problems with with that radio station in particular, the other radio station in the building, KZ10 Sucks, and other things that I was having to have obligations to do for poverty-level wages. It was becoming a major problem in my life. Now, I wasn't looking to eliminate them and dynamite a bridge, you know, just douse it in gasoline, and then just chuck matches at it. That wasn't anything I was interested in having happen. That's just how it ended up happening. But it's interesting timing because it really has, in the last year, become like completely evident that new media and new distribution is a real thing. And I, and I got this a lot from uh, my, he's not my buddy, I've met him, I don't know him, he doesn't know, he wouldn't remember who I am, but a guy named Clay Travis out of Nashville. He's become basically a media sports media star through the help of Fox Sports and mostly his Outkick the Coverage brand. And so I've kind of taken the template that he's used and kind of applied it to how I'm going to try to go forward. That's why I want to get more people like Jackie Helbert and more people 
like Tanner Morrison from Brewchat, and more people in the city to be involved and work together in a collaborative nature to, to try to increase audiences and, and, and cross-promote and those kinds of things. Because new media is a real thing. And people of a certain age don't understand what new media is. And I'm gonna, this is going to morph into, this, get, bear with me here for a minute, and it's going to morph into the problem that we have with fake news, and part of it is because of new media. Now, what is new media? This is from newmedia.org. New media holds out a possibility of on-demand access to content anytime, anywhere, on any digital device, as well as interactive user feedback, creative participation, and community formation around the media content. Another important promise of new media is the democratization of the creation, publishing, distribution, and consumption of media content, meaning it's more interactive, it's more easily accessible, and it's more on demand. And that's where all our media is now, from social media to regular media that you're more used to, to television programming, to music to uh, podcasts, to radio shows. Nobody's sitting around waiting on you to get to around to getting your content out there. It's done. It's not a thing anymore. Now, I feel like I can be overly critical about this. Again, you're just bitter, guy. Says, well, of course, because you're now, you know, they fired you, so you're mad. No, 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 no. Media, radio, uh, newspapers, um, print magazines, that, 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 that is my passion, is what I'm most excited about growing up. A spoiler alert from... Better Call Saul the other day. It's there's a uh, a dialogue, and they're and they're lawyers. So I won't I won't give too much of this. If you watch the show, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, the point is they're lawyers, and one of them is talking to his brother, and it's in a testimonial kind of way in a in a court setting. And and one of the characters says the the law, the judiciary, is the most amazing invention of mankind. It cannot be compromised. Paraphrased. That's how I feel about journalism. That's how I feel about the media. I feel like it's the most amazing and most important invention of all of mankind. And I take it very seriously and I hold it very sacred. But I also understand now that there are countless different ways of doing it now. And the old traditional ways are they're not dead, but they're dying. And then some of them will stick around. News, I listen to sports talk radio out of Atlanta every single day. 680 The Fans, my favorite station. 104.5, the zone out of Nashville. Uh, Hits 96 here locally does well. Uh, somehow, talk radio's fraudulent programming still garners a, a pretty big uh, revenue source. I don't know how much longer that's going to last. But here's the biggest problem in the radio industry, and I'm going to go through a few of the, the industries themselves. It's not just the decline of radio broadcasting. It's the decline of the radios themselves. This is from AccuRadio.com. From 2008, the percentage of Americans who don't own a radio went from 4% 2008 to 21% in 2016. That is a considerable jump in eight years. 4% of people in 2008 did not have a radio. In 2016, 21% don't. And if you narrow it down to 18 to 34, the demographic that matters most, 32% of them have no access to a radio. You have a product that 32% of the country doesn't have the hardware in which to broadcast that product. That's a major problem. And most of the radio stations in the world are doing streaming. They relate to that game. The most important part is the radio in the car. 
And the prediction here of AccuRadio.com or whatever the hell this website's called. Yeah, AccuRadio.com. Radio will not exit the car. Radios will. The challenge for the radio industry is to thrive as a screen app, not as a primary piece of hardware in the dashboard. When we talk about cable TV, this is what started this conversation last week with ESPN laying off all these people and relying on the current cable business model for every person who has their service to to give them almost eight bucks a month, whether they watch the damn programming or not. That's not how this works anymore, guys. Now, if you want to pay for cable subscriptions and you want to pay Comcast and EBB and these people to bring you in cable, fine, go ahead, go for it. Most people of certain ages aren't doing that anymore. And kids 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, it's not even an option. Cord cutting, the practice of canceling or foregoing a cable television subscription or landline telephone connection in favor of an alternative internet-based or wireless service. People are cutting the cord more than ever before. Pay TV providers lost 762,000 subscribers in the first quarter of 2017. The industry is bleeding subscribers. As many consumers are able to get all the entertainment they want from standalone services such as Netflix, Hulu, and HBO Now. The state of pay TV is only getting worse. Here's just a handful of the major industry's losses in the first quarter of this year. Charter has lost 89,000 subscribers. Dish has lost 320,000. AT&T has lost a quarter of a million. Verizon has lost 13,000. Frontier, whoever they are, has lost 80,000. Overall, traditional pay TV providers have lost 762,000 in just three and a half months. This is a real thing. This is changing. The newspaper industry, print revenue from 1950 to 2016 in adjusted dollars for today's money, $20 billion in revenue in 1950, again, adjusted for today. Guess where they're at now? That exact same number. It peaked at $65 billion in 2000, 2001, and over the course of the last 17 years has dropped like a freaking rock all the way back down to the numbers it had in 1950. Number of newspaper firms in 2000, 6,200 total. In 2013, 4,200. They've lost 2,000 newspaper firms slash companies that produced these papers. In 2016, for the third year in a row, the career cast survey of the best and worst jobs in the United States reports that a newspaper reporter is the worst career. It pointed out to fewer job prospects because of publications closing down and declining ad revenue, providing less money for salaries. Being an over-the-air broadcaster, being on the air, was the third worst job you could have in the United States. And advertising sales for these entities was in the bottom 10. The average salary for a print journalist is $37,000. So my whole point is these are failing, dying industries. While there still are going to be some that are going to be able to hang on to their jobs and still be able to create content, it's a dwindling few, and it's it's not a viable option for people who create content. That's why things like podcasts, websites, blogs, this is bigger than better than ever. You just got to know how to do it. And it's taken me going on a year now to figure out how to do that. And I'm feeling a lot better about it going forward. And I'm excited about it. That's what I mentioned last week. This kind of didn't have time to get into it. I'm really excited about it. Because the, there is no limit. The limit's the sky. The sky is not the limit. There is no limit. 
if you promote it well and you have the right content, good content, and you get in with the right the, the right audience, you you you've got something. And there's there's a success stories everywhere. And if you do things uniquely enough, you don't have any competition. And any competition you quote unquote, you know, competition you might have is good competition. But all of this leads to where we're at with the huge problem of quote unquote fake news. And that's where I want to kind of wind this up and get back into that. This is Shepard Smith from Fox News of all places a couple months ago talking about just that fake news. President Trump again called the fake news media the enemy of the people and railed against fake news. For the record, fake news refers to stories that are created, often by entities pretending to be news organizations, solely to draw clicks and views and are based on nothing of substance. In short, fake news is made-up nonsense delivered for financial gain. CNN's reporting was not fake news. Its journalists follow the same standards to which other news organizations, including Fox News, adhere. Senior administration officials regularly speak without attribution so that the public can be informed of what our government is doing off the record what you've got to be careful of is that you understand the difference between fake news and inaccurate news they're not the same thing and being able to understand the difference will will be able to help you be more enlightened when you talk about these things get mad about them or feel indifferent to them from a piece i pulled offline what is fake news its origins and how it grew in 2016 now this is a long-winded long piece that i'm not going to get into but i will get into to this right here, this portion of it, that really explains why fake news has become such a thing. I mentioned it going into the break earlier. National Enquirer, that's fake news. Guess when the National Enquirer was founded? I think I said it earlier, I can't even remember now. 1926! It's not new. Fake news, misinformation, disinformation, propaganda, none of it's new. It's not even kind of new. The delivery systems are new, and people are not adjusting to the new delivery systems. Enter the internet and fake news economy, and that's even another thing to think about. The fake news economy. It's big business. It's big business to lie. It's big business to, to, to be deceitful. Fraudulent behavior is an industry. That's why I'm in the business of calling it out. Before the internet, publishing fake news and gaining an audience that could be monetized was nearly impossible for these three reasons. Distribution and cost. Distributing information on any kind of scale needed a prohibitively expensive logistics operation. On the factor of audience and the trust. Building a large audience took much longer, and because it was expensive to acquire and built on trust of information, publishing fake news would be damaging to reputations and thus have economic consequences. And as far as the legalities, law and regulation, because it was expensive to distribute information, there were far fewer players. But this gate of information exchange was unlocked around 2007 with the beginnings of the social media revolution. The creation of social networks like Facebook and Twitter allowed people to exchange information on a much greater scale than ever before. While publishing platforms like WordPress allowed anyone to create a dynamic website with ease, in short, the above barriers to creating fake news were undone. The costs of publishing and distribution approached virtually zero. Given these much lower costs, reputations are far more expendable. The trickle of information exchange through the gate became a tidal wave and one that is impossible to regulate in full. Fake news has always been out there. 
You know the saying, well, it's on the it's on the internet, so it must be true, right? That's 10 years old. It's a 10 years old saying. I know I'm running way long today, guys, and I hope that's okay. I, some people tell me I should go long. Some people say I don't know, but I'm just going to keep going here for a few minutes because i am got some more I want to get to here, and then we'll wrap up the Stone On Air podcast, the weekly dose for May 11, 2017. So there's four different kinds of information in how it's presented. There's information, propaganda, misinformation, and disinformation. We'll start with information. This is probably what you're looking for when you use the internet for academic purposes. Information at its most basic is data set in a context for relevance. In other words, information tells us something that is understandable and has the potential to become knowledge for us when we view it critically and add it to what we already know. Propaganda is a commonly misused term because of its historical use, such as in the name of the infamous National Ministry for Public Enlightenment and Propaganda by the Nazi government of Germany. Many people associate propaganda with inflammatory speech or writing that has no basis in fact. In reality, propaganda may easily be based in fact, but facts represented in such a way as to provoke a desired response. There's misinformation. Misinformation is defined as the action of misinforming or condition of being misinformed. This falls into the category of inaccurate news. We're all human. We can all screw up. The intention wasn't to be wrong. You just were. And then the final is disinformation, and this might be the lowest of the low. Never underestimate the evil intentions of some individuals or institutions who say or write whatever suits a particular purpose, even when it requires deliberate fabrication. And that is where the clickbait comes in, and that is where the lack of self-control, especially social media and internet usage, lack of self-control is taking over in the social media world. And then all of a sudden now we have a president who calls Everything he doesn't like, fake news, and that's bled into the uh, vernacular and the overall lexicon as well, and that's not right either. There's huge differences in all this. Bad information isn't fake news. Fake news isn't bad information. And being um, understand the difference of the two is very important. And fake news and deliberately misleading news has been happening for hundreds of years. And more prevalent in the last 120 or so it's not new it's just the new media distribution systems are making it that much more prevalent and i'm just going to tell you this right now you know how many times i've sat around at my my day job and i work with a lot of people who are smart and i love a lot of them and i love my job to death but i i have dealt with a lot of people who have come and gone for the last 17 years and you know how many times i've sat in a room with a bunch of dullards looking at their phone and going, hey, look at that dude, can you look, look, that's funny, man, look at that, that's great. They don't know what they're looking at, they don't know that it's factual, they don't know, this is a huge segment of our population, and even some of the most intelligent people can screw this up. Sitting around at a dinner gathering with some people, I've got somebody who I love to death, who I don't think listens to this, even if she does, please don't be mad at me, but there was this there was an exchange online because the emotions run so high, especially on Facebook. My Lord, people's lives are dictated by what does and doesn't get said on Facebook. And somebody was talking smack to her about some kind of thing about this, that and some other nonsense. And she's she's mad about it and she's venting about it. And whatever it was doesn't matter. She goes, oh, that's a typical liberal. That's just a typical liberal. All the while, she doesn't even realize that she's being incredibly insulting to me 
in the fact that she's she's talking to one of the most liberal people she knows who is not this quote unquote typical liberal. This is a this is an unstable dullard that has no social media self-control. She's getting mad and then taking it out on other people and then it turns into a snowball effect and all the while all this is is based upon inaccurate news, fake news, misinformation, disinformation, nothing that is actually real. That is what is so concerning. So there is all kinds of positive things that can come out of this new media that is a real thing now. And your satellite trucks and your transmitters and all these things that don't mean anything anymore that are limited in power and limited in what they can do are now being dwarfed by the internet which is as big of an ocean of content as you'll ever find. And while that brings in some of the most interesting things you'll ever read, see, hear, and follow, and consume, it also comes with some of the more dangerous things that you can do the same. And it's how you decipher the two and how you understand what is real, what isn't, and evaluating it from a critical thinking standpoint. And there's just so few people that do that. So I guess going forward, with the being bombarded with all of this, try your best to make sure you know what you're looking at before you react to it. Don't react to something that's not real. Don't be a fraud. That's how I end this show every time on the way out here with the Dead Deads is I can't wait to talk to the girls up in Nashville on May 20th at the Tennessee Brew Works uh, block party. Don't be a fraud. It's so easy to be to be authentic. And it's such an endearing quality to be an authentic mind, an authentic thought, an authentic brand. It just, it really is. The truth is easy to remember and this space continues to get bigger, and I thank you so much for it, and I hope you continue to watch it. And that's all I got. I got to get out of here. The extended version of the late this week, I apologize for that. Stone on Air weekly dose for May 11th, 2017. See you, bye.